Do I have everybody's attention now? Ladies and gentlemen. Hey, yo. Welcome to the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. Uncut, uncooked, and uncensored. King Kong is climbing to the Empire State Building! Introducing first, from parts unknown, our resident Mark, Johnny Smart. Well, let me tell you something, brother. Next, coming down the aisle, the unstoppable force, the immovable object, Doc Haas. Haas. I can't help that I'm custom made. I can't help it that I look good, smell good, can dance all night long. And here is your host, the baby face of podcasting, JC Bowie. You know what? You just made the list. Elizabeth, go right now, go and left. Can I ask a question, Macho Man? Four question, question. You're listening to the fourth wall wrestlecast. Oops, I'm breaking the fourth wall. Wall. And what up, fam, and welcome to The Biggest Draw. For the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore, I am J.C. Bones. I am Doc Haas. And I am the third man, Johnny Smarks. And we are the fourth wall wrestlecast, and we want to wish you a very happy and healthy Thanksgiving to you and yours, you and your families, you and your wrestling families, because we are recording this on... Thanksgiving night. Mm-hmm. Happy Thanksgiving, good brothers. Anyway, please be sure to follow us on Twitter at Fourth Wallcast, at Johnny Smarks a lot, at Doc Haas Fourth Wall, and be sure to follow us on Instagram at Fourth Wall Wrestlecast. Be sure to tune in every Saturday on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play, and check out the Fourth Wall Wrestlecast for your weekly wrestling news. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the official episode one whoop, whoop. of us. Of Ooh, us guys, of the fourth wall of WrestleCast. After all the talk and all the all the waiting, officially episode one. For those of you that have been listening, you've probably already heard three other episodes from us already. But this is the official episode one. From here on out, in the episode catalog, all of our episodes will be numbered. So that way, if you need to go back into the archives, listen to some past shows, you'll. Uh, very easily be able to, as every episode will be labeled in the archives. And that's my, mm-hmm. so to get that, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. For those of you that tuned in last week, you did hear the post mortem comments from <laughs> myself and Doc of the 32nd annual Survivor Series event. But you did not hear from Johnny Smart, so I would like you to didn't. start this off today with. Johnny's take on the Survivor Series event, and also Johnny, tell us about the event, and also how would you rate it on a five-star scale? Oh man, are you sure you want me to go here? I, oh, I just... trust me, Doc and I didn't pull any punches, so <laughs> this is all you, man. So, what are we rating it on? What are we rating on? On a five the scale overall, five, five scale star overall. scale, the overall show. How about this? Talk about the event first, and then we'll rate it. So. Overall, 
from a smart point of view, it, I mean, it's not bad. You know, I, you, <laughs> oh my God. but that's from a smart point of view from, from, from a wrestling fan who actually pays attention. I think I can summarize talking about the event with the quote, what the fuck? I yeah. just don't, mm-hmm. man, yeah. I just don't understand what we were going for here. Um, I thought there were actually some, ma- I, I mean, well, I'll go down my matches real quick. I'm assuming that's what you guys did. And if mm-hmm. you didn't, I'll give a shit. So, I mean, first of all, let the third man talk. Let the third man talk. Pre-show match was great. I like the ten on ten Survivor Series thing. Why that didn't count? Well, we're finding out now. It was probably a botch of some sort. But um, mm-hmm. I don't know. New Day shirts the next night were pretty funny. I'll um, back you up a little bit there. I'll back you up a little bit where I thought that match got less of a clusterfuck as it went on. I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah. It started off kind of rough though. Isn't that funny? Isn't it funny though that the match with twenty superstars is is the not what the fuck match? So let me. T- so I'm gonna go through these real quick. Uh, Team Raw on the women's side, what the fuck? <laughs> Would have been better if Ruby was there. All you needed was Ruby. Are you sure about that? I'm positive. I mean, Ruby is the Raw Women's Division. Sorry, Rhonda, take a back seat. Ruby mm-hmm. is your competition. That's a, my girl Nia is much. still there. Yeah. Uh, that's, what a that's a little much of a comment. Nia and her, her queen, right listen, fist. Yo, Ronda is the queen of Raw until, other, until otherwise stated by somebody else. She will always be my queen of Raw. <laughs> and then we got Mandy Rose. But that's another story. So let me go through more of these matches. Seth Rollins versus uh, Shinsuke. What the fuck? Why? Well, what the fuck for that one? Yeah, I, that I went back and watched it. It was actually a pretty good wrestling match. Yeah, I did was. enjoy it the second time around. Didn't let me talk. Let the it third is man what talk. the fuck? It is what the fuck because it should have been later in the card because of how good it was. I get it. If All they right. didn't oh, put okay. it there, if they didn't put it there, we would have been bored out of our minds. Yeah, at least for a little bit, but should have been later on the card. AOP versus the Bar. I actually really like this match. I think AOP have a great career ahead of them on the top. And uh, I'm, I'm happy with that. Buddy Murphy versus Mustafa Ali. One of my favorite matches of the night. Uh, slow as far as cruiserweights go, but they're yeah, both great. I'm, uh, I agree. I said that too. Slow as far as cruiserweights go. I was a little disappointed in that. But they're both great workers. Great storytellers. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's a little slow. I agree. Uh, Team Ron versus uh, SmackDown on the men's side. I, uh, what the we all f- saw this coming. We all knew that was coming. We all knew that result was coming. I want to give Shane McMahon uh, the props he deserves for those coast to coasts <laughs> and the spots he took. Um, I don't know how he's doing that. Uh, God, tough what the- motherfucker, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, Doc, one thing we didn't touch on in that match on Sunday was how quickly Samoa Joe got eliminated. Yes. Yeah, that was a little. That was screwy. Yeah, that was, I, was I know they're trying screwy. to they're trying to book Drew as this monster, as this main guy, and I guess they thought taking out Samoa Joe was the best was the best no. choice. I mean, he could have taken out both Jeff Hardy and Rey Mysterio as the first two eliminated, and that would have been yep. more than enough to help help push push this guy yeah. over. But Samoa Joe giving Drew the rub was. I, I really wanted to see more Samoa Joe in that match. It didn't it do anything. Didn't come across well. It didn't come across well at all. No. I think um, I would have been more impressed seeing Drew actually 
wrestle Samoa Joe and go over him. That would have been more impressive to me. Yeah, agreed. Uh, agreed as well. So two more. Uh, Rousey versus Flair. Uh, I I love this match. I love yeah. everything about it. I think Rousey looks great in the ring. Uh, the whole thing at the end? Mm, okay. Yeah. Uh, wow. Uh, I guess that's that's the outcome we needed, you know, because neither of these two really could lose this match right now. Right. I think it was, good to, it was good to see Rhonda finally take a beating, like a real yeah. beating. I, yeah. She can take a beating, which is all awesome. that was one of that was some of the, the best, like in terms of like actual in ring emotion, some of the best women's wrestling I've ever seen, like ever. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And then finally, <laughs> Oh man, Brock versus uh, Daniel Bryan. <laughs> Fuck Brock Lesnar. Fuck Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar, man. Um, all I'm gonna say is that I'm very excited for new Daniel Bryan. Yes, new Daniel Bryan's gonna, yeah. gonna be great. I like it. I just hope they don't change his entrance music because I'm a music nerd. Unless they can make it more metal. So overall score, I'm giving it a two point two five. Solely based on the fact that uh, among all the what the fuck moments, there are some good spots and some good matches here. Um, I think this could have been booked a lot better than it was. They keep announcing uh, Survivor Series every year, even though they're thinking about getting rid of it. At least, at least give it what it's worth. I don't think they would ever get rid of it. I think that that's all rumor and innuendo, and there's no way Vince is going to get rid of his second longest running right. pay-per-view just get rid of the band just get rid of the brand versus brand thing and give me some five on five matches please yeah superior brand five yes. on five matches yeah. Yeah, this superior superior brand thing i it's very nazi like to me i'm not i'm not a fan it kills <laughs> all the momentum that's being built in like the actual storylines in the shows too i agree and I that's agree. the one time where they here we go guys break the fourth wall and they have heels hey, and faces on the same team because now all of a sudden they're supposed to only care about their brand supremacy, but they're going to put away all their other issues they had with each other for a few weeks to compete on the same team for brand supremacy, which is horseshit. Yeah, it's not horseshit. Like, why the hell? Like, and it started off in the kickoff show. The Ascension and Bobby Roode and Chad Gable, who have been feuding for weeks, all of yep. a sudden. They want to be on the same team because they bleed red. We love Raw. <sighs> Can't stand that. I, it's it's, Who's it's a- really dumb. It's lazy. It's lazy creative, man. I don't understand why they, why like they get away with such laziness on the creative end. Like, come up with some more compelling storylines. This is why you keep getting your ass kicked by NXT at TakeOver. Last time I checked, I'm the smart here. You guys are talking very smarky tonight. I think the smart and all of us came out after watching that yeah. shit show of an event, Survivor right. Series. Yeah, that was rough. It I'll was, give it, it to you. Okay. But I yeah. do have to say, after my comments on Sunday, I did go back and rewatch three matches. And I knew that if I rewatched these three matches and I had a different take on these three in particular, I'd, be, I'd probably score the show overall a little bit higher than the shit emoji that I said I would score last week. <laughs> um, but I rewatched the women's Survivor Series match, uh, Rollins and Nakamura and Charlotte and Ronda. And from rewatching it, storyline-wise, things do make sense. 
booking wise, I see why they did it, and wrestling wise, it was they were all enjoyable to watch. So I would actually probably rate the show overall now at like a two point four five. I'll stick with my two because even I can I, I understand what you're saying with those matches. Like those were booked well, but because the other matches weren't booked well with that, it ruins that good booking anyway. So because of that, I'm staying at a two. I can't put a show booked that bad higher than a two. Our average is basically a two for this. I was just going to say that. So ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. The fourth wall wrestle cast grades the Survivor Series event from last Sunday. A two. Damn. Well, two stars. Two. <laughs> so Damn. anyway, so Dan, you were talking about creative and stuff in terms of Survivor Series itself. But now, after we've seen Raw and SmackDown, some things, I guess, are starting to come out and make more sense. Like, let's talk about Charlotte and her heel turn. Uh, she's still making it very known that her and Becky are not friends. Well, yeah, right. she did that match for Becky, but there's still some heat over there. Uh, Doc, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the, the fantasy booking in the future of this Charlotte, Ronda, Becky feud. Is it a, still a three-way feud, or is it just a yes. triangle kind of thing where Becky and Charlotte are not feuding yet? Uh, I'll give you my take real quick. I think the way Charlotte acted on Tuesday in SmackDown is almost an exact replica of what Becky did, and I feel like Becky can use to could turn this as, now you're stealing my spotlight, bitch. Right. It's and like that's you're doing the same shit that I did, yeah. and now the fucking spotlight's on you. Why the hell is the crowd yelling for Flair when they should be yelling my fucking name? Even though Becky's the fucking man. She's still getting, she still gets pops, and she's not even physically there. She's not even in attendance, think, and people are still cheering for her. I think this, this is going to end up very much like where you're going to have guys. Like, like I look at, I'm going to throw some Attitude Era comparisons out here. Like I look at Becky Lynch as the stone cold of this triangle. Rousey mm. is the rock of this triangle. Mm. And Flair is the Triple H of this triangle. Where at some point, no matter what they do, the the, the audience is going to buy all three of them. They're buying Charlotte as a heel because what do we all like? We like Charlotte when she's a heel. And now she's doing heel things again. And the audience liked it. And they're going to like her and Becky and Ronda. And we're going to get this awesome triple threat match in Mania. And there's and they're gonna WWE is gonna be in a situation where probably everybody will go somewhat will, they'll go home happy no matter who wins. Maybe you might have some like real smarky people who get pissed if Charlotte wins if Charlotte wins, but it's it could be the match of the night and it's gonna be like one it could be one of those like watershed moments in women's wrestling. And I think that's where they're going with this. That's what they're foreshadowing. I think all three of them are going to continue to feud with each other, whether it's through Twitter, whether it's on Raw, whether it's through SmackDown. This is the start of something that's going to be really big, and it's going to carry WWE through the first half of 2019. Well, Dan, what do you think is going to happen with Ronda between now and then, though? So we know she has Nia. They already announced that on Monday that she is facing Nia Jax at TLC next month. First of all, Johnny, I want to go to you first. Nia is your girl. For those of you that don't know out there in the fourth wall fam, Johnny <laughs> Smarks is a fanboy for Nia Jax. I love you. I, on the other hand, I am not on the Nia Jax train whatsoever. How could you not? 
at Survivor Series, I was waiting for her to throw a fucking knockout punch like Big Show, and I probably would have, I probably would have shut off Survivor Series at that point. No way! What her, what her and Tamina are doing right now are awesome. They are, they're different than what you know Cookie Cutter is right now for for you know women's wrestlers, and I I think what they're doing is great for wrestling and for women in general. You know, I, I I'm on the Naya train, and she can work. Yeah, and WWE got handed a golden opportunity to really book her as a true heel, and they have such a hard time booking heels uh, on like on, on the main roster. Truth. I don't know why they have such a hard time with it, but they got some lightning in the bottle with the injury, and they're running with the whole injury angle against Becky, and they're going to run with it, and they're going to build Nia as a monster heel that could possibly take down Ronda. Um, and she might take down Ronda, because I think if they have that triple threat at Mania, uh, Becky... Ronda and Charlotte, it's going to be for the SmackDown women's title. I want to switch gears a little bit. Where is Tamina in all this? Because they're kind of buddy-buddy right now. T- Tamina is just the veteran who is helping Nia through this. Yeah, I think that's all she is. Okay. And more of a mentor role than a getting a big push role. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and I, guess, I guess in Vince and, Tri- and, and Triple H's eyes, if they put Nia Jax with someone who's been around for a long time, someone like Tamina, that will help elevate her character. But I don't see that working out because Tamina doesn't have a character. I want to be a fan of Tamina and Nia Jax, but put the two of them on screen. There's just nothing about them that goes, wow, I, wa- I-, I got to watch. What do you mean no character? Ring. You don't think her being stoic and badass is not a good character? I don't think she sells it well. You don't uh, and, sell uh, anything. Unfortunately, the two of them, I don't like watching <laughs> them in the ring. I don't think either of them are really that great math technicians. That is uh, the daughter of Superfly Jimmy Snooker. I know exactly who that is. And the I cousin think, of The Rock. And the cousins yeah, of the Usos. I think you're underrating Nia a little bit. I think she does, when she's not sloppy, like she does work well. She just needs to kind of clean up her sloppiness a little bit. We've you talked about watch that. your tongue. I, oh, I think that's oh, what it is. Shut up. She is. She's very sloppy in the ring. Yeah. Listen, Johnny, She has potential I, I to be wanna, really good. Yeah, Johnny, I want to join the club with you, bro. And one day, maybe I will. You hear, you heard it here first. Episode one, official. John, J.C. Bones is saying that I want to be on the Naya train, but she has to prove herself. It's all mine. <laughs> but, Johnny, I will laugh when Ruby Riot pins her one, through, one two, three. Oh, who do you think? Uh, that, uh, I, I'm with Bones. I think Ruby will get a pinfall over Naya. Before Nia gets won't be clean. Doesn't have to be clean. Doesn't have to be. She's she's from the Riot Squad, bro. Whatever. Won't be clean. They do what they want. This match won't be anytime soon either. Mm -mm. Whatever. Well, Johnny, so let's go back to where I was starting with this. Where what's going to happen with Nia and Ronda at TLC? Well, I I think we're going to see them in some sort of match uh, that will involve you know obviously something that goes along with the theme. Uh, again, like me, the smart me, I don't see anything clean happening here. I see Tamina get involved. I see, I don't know who would be involved on Ronda's side. Does Ronda get anyone involved? I don't, I don't yeah, think so. I don't think so. Not until the horsewomen come up and, I'll, and they're not coming up anytime soon. I think when they do come up with Shayna, I think they're going to be against Ronda. Mm. Yeah, mm. I could see that because Ronda is a huge baby face right now. We worked hard 
and we we were down at NXT working hard, and you get the fast track. Fuck you. That's what I see happening there. But anyways, uh, I remiss back to what we were talking about. Uh, I see this going past TLC. I see TLC as a very small stepping stone in this feud. I would not be surprised. <laughs> If Nia Jax wins the Raw Women's Title at TLC, I don't think mouth. I don't think Ronda's going to no. get pinned at a B at a B pay per view. Ready? Listen to me. She loses the title. Dirty. Tamina gets involved, right? And then and Ronda wins the Royal Rumble. Challenges Becky. Charlotte gets involved because she's on SmackDown, and that's how you get your WrestleMania main event. Ooh. Ooh. See, I like where you're going with that because we have Becky going into WrestleMania as the champion and not Ronda. Right. Yep. Right. Yep. Right. Ronda, Ronda wins. The, she drops the Raw Women's title to win the Rumble. Charlotte challenges Becky, switches to SmackDown. And it b- b- makes sense because she needs to be on Fox. You know Fox wants her. Are yeah. we going to be on Fox if there, by if the time there, that if, happens? If, 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 if there even is going to be It's supposed to be in September, but even if they wind up, you know, even this is they. This is assuming that they keep the brand split, you know. But if they keep the brand split, they're going to want Rousey on Fox. Fox is going to want her. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I agree. So I think that's that's a good way to get that triple threat started, and it's a good way to keep building the Nia heel character. She's so good at it. I don't. I don't know if I agree though with, <laughs> with Nia being the one to to pin Ronda. I think it should be. There's only two other superstars. Ruby Riot. On Raw, that Ruby, I can see doing Ruby, it, yeah, Ruby Riot, Ruby Riot, or Ember Moon. What? Yeah, only two that I no. can actually see being the one to get over on Ronda. I mean, Ember is talented enough, but I mean, it just would make no sense to throw her into that, that match makes, right now. Yeah, that makes no sense right now. Right. So have Ronda retain um, at TLC. And Man, you're just a you're a whore for to swerve. No, on like you're a, a swerver. I can't even talk. Did you hear what I just said? Whatever. You're a swerve whore. That's, that's what you are. That's exactly what it is. I, I, want, I, want, I want swerve. Unpredictability, bro. That's what makes swerve. wrestling fun. I think, I think Nia beating Ronda at TLC is definitely a swerve. Only anybody would expect that coming. Truth. Yeah. That's a swerve. Well, Johnny, I'm sorry. I still don't like Nia. But you know who I do like? I like heel Dean Ambrose. Love and love it. I really enjoyed the multiple segments of Ambrose and Rollins from this past Monday night on Raw. Um, I did like the whole backstage chase. It was fun. It was entertaining. Dean was trying really hard to get some heat with that whole "What the hell is that smell?" and it just <laughs> he almost got it. Like, it was almost there. It's like good, good try, Dean. You get an A for effort, bro, but. Not quite, oh. not quite. Uh, but Dan, what do you think it. about the multiple segments with Ambrose and Rollins and where uh, this is going now, leading into TLC? They were the highlight of Raw. They were definitely the highlight of Raw this week. I think heel Ambrose is fantastic. I love just how he, I love how he stalked Rollins backstage, and Rollins never even knew that Ambrose was near him at all times. I yep. love the scene where yep. I love the segment where he walked right behind him. When he was getting interviewed, Rollins and yep. Ambrose walked right behind. I was like, this is perfect. This is yeah. so well done right now. Agreed. So I loved all that. And I loved I loved that part of Raw this week. Um, that's my favorite thing going on Raw right now. Those guys picking up right where they left off when it comes to feuding with each other. 
I, I couldn't agree more. I think that was the best segment of the week. I think it's going to go down as, again, one of the greatest feuds of this year, even though we're coming up on the end of it. I have a feeling Ambrose is going to win the Intercontinental title at TLC. I have a feeling that he's going to hold the title. And I, I, think Rollins, I think Rollins might get into the world title, the universal title picture. You know, he deserves to kind of have that rub going into Mania right now. If uh, Roman's not going to be around, that's what I said. Rollins, Rollins. That's what I said. Uh, Rollins. Yeah, Rollins is going to he's going to drop the Intercontinental so he can start focusing on the Universal. But but he's been up there already. What what about Ambrose? And Ambrose just got back from injury. I think an Intercontinental title run would be good for him right now. Just well, yeah. keep getting his feet wet again. I also would rather see someone like Rollins defeat Brock Lesnar right now over Ambrose. Personally. Oh, my God. Could you imagine that match? Oh, my God. Oh, and, Doc, I'm on the same boat as you. I do think Ambrose is going to come out victorious and become the new Intercontinental Champion. He was a very good uh, very good IC champion back when he had it about a year ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. But where do you, how is this going to pan out now for Rollins? Because now after TLC, we got Royal Rumble. We have two more pay-per-views, and then we have Mania. What's going to happen between January on the road to WrestleMania from Rumble on? Oh, uh, I guess from the for the Rumble, you're either going to have Rollins win the Rumble and challenge Lesnar, or you're going to have McIntyre win the Rumble and challenge Lesnar. Um, I don't know where that leads Rollins if McIntyre wins. So I might make. I know I've said I think McIntyre is going to win the Rumble. You know, Rollins could spoil that prediction also. I want, let, let's talk about that. I know we're, we're, we still have a lot of time before we get to the Royal Rumble. I think over the past few weeks, we've said that Daniel Bryan was going to win the Rumble. Miz was going to win the Rumble. Um, McIntyre is going to win the Rumble. I think I may have said Finn Balor was going to win the Rumble. Nope. That's silly. And now we're saying that Rollins might win the Rumble. Who <laughs> needs to win the Rumble the most? And who could afford to get their number one contendership at Elimination Chamber, which happens in February? That way we have both. That way we have two contenders for the titles on both brands. Raw has to win the Rumble. I can tell you that. Someone from Raw has to win the Rumble. Why? Why can't it be SmackDown? Because I think it'll be, be, I think because it'll be easier last to. Year? No, because, so? because I think no, because I think it'll be easier to write a SmackDown like story off of Elimination Chamber. Someone winning the Elimination Chamber than the other way around. That's I think you can SmackDown make, I think, like. And I think Raw needs like the bigger like main event story right now because Raw has been lacking so much. So hopefully this can help like give Raw a boost. Like their guys won the Royal Rumble, you know, and it's it's Rollins or McIntyre. So I think that's why Raw needs to win the Rumble. Well, when you put it that way, I, I do agree with you. Uh, I think there's no other winner other than uh, I'm going to call him the chosen one because that was a great character name. Mm-hmm. But well, um, do they call him now the Scottish Terminator or something like that? Scottish psychopath. Psychopath. That's what it is. <laughs> Scottish psychopath. Yo, I hate um, that every fucking wrestler has to have like a nickname like that. Everyone has like a subtitle. Yeah, uh, and if they're from Europe, their subtitle involves what country involves they're from. the country they're from. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> the Swiss cyborg, Bulgarian Superman. Yeah. Oh man. Um, the Irish last kicker. <laughs> um, yeah, but I really don't see uh, that ending other any other way. As far as SmackDown goes, at at uh, Elimination Chamber, I think they have some time to play around with who's going to 
win over there. I don't yeah, want to make any predictions yet. They do, but it should be the Miz. I mean, it should always be the Miz. I love the Miz. Yeah. I've been on the Miz train for years. I still think that we're going to see Miz and Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania in some way, whether it means Miz now wins the Rumble or Miz wins an Elimination Chamber match for the number one contender. Now, Elimination Chamber, don't forget, last year, John Cena had it going into Elimination Chamber, and then Bray Wyatt won the title because he defended the title in Elimination Chamber. I I think it'd be great. Remember Bray Wyatt? Uh, remember him? I hope we see yeah. him again by WrestleMania, uh, by Mania. I heard the I Wyatt like family might be, be in the Rumble. making a return. He'll be in the Rumble. I think so. They, yeah. they need to fill out the people in both the Royal Rumble and the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, so they need people. Yep. So I guess either way, I definitely can see Miz and Daniel Bryan meeting at WrestleMania, whether it could be from the Rumble or from Elimination Chamber. So now, this is a good segue. I love good transitions. So... Let's talk about Daniel Bryan's heel turn. So we finally had a chance to talk about it on the mic on Tuesday, and he told us why. Everyone wants to know. Everyone has that same question. Why, Daniel? Why? Why, Dean? Why? Why, Charlotte? Why? What do you guys think about Daniel Bryan's response to the why question? I think that it's a natural heel turn here. I think they did a good job with it. Uh, I personally, following... Uh, Brian Danielson on the independence think that he plays a much better heel than he actually plays a face. Um, I think he was great on the independence back in the day with that. Um, the, the smile is creepy from the uh, smart Mark side of it. I, I think this is just a natural evolution of, of his time in WWE. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense because you know, he's come back and his, he hasn't won any titles since he's been back. It's been a little underwhelming. He's probably getting a little frustrated. And then now it's just he feels like, and he, you know, the yeses chants aren't as hectic as they used to be. He's not as over as he used to be. And he, I think he did a, he cut a killer promo explaining himself and his resentment. And I'm excited for the new Daniel Bryan. I hope it's more like Brian Danielson. And I think it's going to be a whole new phase of his career. And he's going to wind up getting over just like he always does. We talked about this uh, the other day, guys, but this whole character transformation reminds me a lot of Bob Backlund's return, you know, with the whole, <laughs> the whole like crazy oh chicken wing God. phase. I remember where, that. Yeah, man. I remember yeah, that. He yeah. like couldn't, uh, he couldn't get with the new style of the nineties, which is funny to say. And the like new generation. Yeah. Yeah. And he went nuts. <laughs> and that was, think about how big that was for Bob Backlund. You know, even though he's wanted, a, he's a goat. You know, but like, maybe, uh, maybe we see something like that out of Daniel Bryan. But I mean, there's similarities there, whether you like to admit it or not. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, tons I can of definitely see that. To back. I can definitely see that. So let's talk about Daniel Bryan's uh, potential road to WrestleMania. So we already know that he's going to be uh, facing AJ Styles in a rematch for the title at TLC, probably in some kind of stipulation. Or they might try to protect Brian and not add any weapons into the match. Uh, but what happens now after AJ Styles loses? Because, or, or do you think Daniel's going to only have it till TLC and Styles is going to go into Mania with the title again? Well, AJ is, is, is negotiating a contract right now, and apparently he wants to work less. You know, he wants to have 
not as much house, not as many house shows, not as many appearances in general. So that explains why he's dropping, why he dropped the title. So Daniel Bryan's obviously going to win. I think he's going to wind up facing Rey Mysterio at the Rumble because Rey Mysterio doesn't need to be in the Rumble. And it's just the way they're booking Mysterio, it seems like he's going to be at the top of the card. So that's a great opportunity to get a dream match. Easy to book, no problem. Daniel Bryan wins. He moves on to Mania and probably faces The Miz, like we said before. And then AJ, I don't know, AJ, we're going to have to wait and see what develops after he signs his contract. Yeah, it's kind of funny how the the reports about him negotiating his new somewhat part-time contract came out right after they released the new AJ Styles 365 on the network. And even throughout that documentary, he talks about how much he loves doing what he's doing. He doesn't want to stop yet. He, he'll know when he's ready. But he did talk a lot about how he's not, he doesn't get to see his family a lot because he's on the road all the time. He's always traveling. Mm-hmm. And then coincidentally, about a day or two later, we heard about the negotiations. And now he wants to have kind of a part-time contract. Still perform, I think, at all, all major pay-per-views, just not be on right. TV as much. Yeah, I think he doesn't want to work house shows very often, like probably only the big ones, like the garden shows and, you know, things like that. Does that mean that he's going to take him out of the title picture now for a while? Maybe he'll go down to the mid card, maybe help put put over some some younger talent. Yeah, that'd be nice. See him maybe put over like Andrade Almas or something. Yeah. And stuff like that, I'd be okay with because you know what? Styles has had a fucking amazing run since he came to to the WWE in 2016. First title, his first title run was probably the best title run of this decade. Yeah, agreed. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'll go with yeah. you. I, I think that this is going to be something that we see out of AJ. I see him moving down to the mid card and helping out people there. I mean, we just we just mentioned it. He's had such a long and amazing career that it's time to train people to take over for him because who knows how much longer he's got. And he'll definitely get back to the top of the card again. It doesn't mean he'll never win the Universal or, or World title again. Agreed. He's got a couple more runs in him. Well, yeah, he still has to defend the championship against Kenny Omega at WrestleMania 36. <laughs> I mean, come on, guys. That's, that's obviously already, already in the books. <laughs> well, going back to what you said, Dan, I do agree that I think Rey Mysterio is going to be one of Daniel Bryan's next, next contenders. I am upset that they're not holding off the Rey Mysterio-Randy Orton match uh, until TLC, because I think that'd be a really good TLC match, uh, specifically the TLC stipulation between mm. Mysterio and Randy Orton. But they're already going to be blowing that off uh, this Tuesday on SmackDown. What do you guys think is going to come of Rey Mysterio now after his match with Orton? Is that going to continue? So this is going to be a one-over one, one thing, one and done. I, I have a feeling they might just have the – they'll have this match on SmackDown this week, and then they'll just – do another one at TLC. Just, I feel like a lot is just making sure, like you know, getting these, get, making sure these guys are staying in shape. Almost seeing getting Mysterio just some, you know, see his sea legs going again in WWE. Maybe before he challenges, you know, Daniel Bryan for the title. So I think he he might lose on SmackDown this week. Maybe beat Orton at TLC and then get somehow get his title match. He'll do a number one contenders match on the next night SmackDown after TLC and then he'll somehow win that. I don't know. Uh, unless there's one in his contract and I don't remember, I don't see Ray Mysterio holding another title in WWE. I don't think he's going to, no, he's not going to beat Daniel Bryan. He's just going to challenge him. 
but oh. you guys do realize WWE is really big lately on the Grand Slam champions. The only title Rey Mysterio has never held is the U.S. title. He will hold the U.S. title at some point because they want to make everyone Grand Slam champions. Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton, Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, everyone's a fucking Grand Slam champion now. Okay. Interesting. If all Mysterio needs is the U.S. title, he'll be the next Grand Slam champion. That's an interesting thought, yeah. Never thought of that. Yeah. So I definitely think we'll see Mysterio... Um, winning a mid card title, I could see him definitely being being in the run running for the title at least for one pay per view, like we mentioned for for um, Royal Rumble. But maybe, that's just maybe my, he, my opinion. Maybe he. I feel like he would beat maybe knock knock him more on like an episode of SmackDown or something. Shut your mouth, knock him more. Yeah. Not gonna lose. <laughs> He's not losing He'll, to Mysterio. He'll lose. He'll have to vacate the title before he gets pinned for that. Title. Oh my god. Lose. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> all right. Anyway, listen, guys, we could sit here and we could book the next fucking six months of wrestling all night long. And we, we all know that come this coming Monday's Raw, all of our ideas are probably going to change anyway because yep. everything can change in just one episode. <laughs> so anyway, well, let's talk about the only other match that has been announced for TLC has been Braun Strowman facing Baron Corbin. But unfortunately, this past Monday, Braun Strowman did suffer an injury. He shattered his elbow. I did read reports that he had a successful surgery yesterday, but there's been no reports on how long this is going to keep him out. Do you think he's going to be okay in time for TLC? Um, yeah, probably. Because I think the real injury he had bone spurs in his elbow. So he just had bone spurs removed, and the shattered elbow is the kayfabe to write him off. TV for a couple weeks while he recovers from the bone spurs. Obviously, you know, if he shattered an elbow, he'd be off TV for like, you know, months upon months upon months. So it was definitely it was a bone spur injury, apparently, though. So, you know, what you just did there, Dan, you just broke the fourth wall. I broke the fourth wall. Oh, I love when that happens on our show. Yeah, I broke the fourth wall. But we do. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm not letting that shit go by. We, we're not talking kayfabe there. Bone spurs are bone spurs. They'll be back by TLC and He's going to kick Baron Corbin's ass. That's what the fuck's going to happen there. Yeah, I don't see this lasting very long. He'll be back. Strowman's got bigger things in the horizon, such as a rematch with Lesnar at the Rumble at a baseball stadium. We all know the obvious result of that match is going to be Corbin's going to lose, and he's not going to become the permanent GM of Raw. Who is going to be the next GM of Raw? Man, I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking the same thing. But isn't it funny how isn't it funny how Hogan was the host of the forgotten event that happened in a global country? Um, he was wow. mentioned on w- <laughs> right. He was mentioned on, by WWE the day of this mysterious event that held the World Cup tournament at this global place. But then you never heard about him again. I think the next day, the app, WWE app posted like the top 10 things you should know about Hulk Hogan. And I wonder why it. they're doing it. And then yeah. radio silence. If he came in as the GM, it'd be almost as epic as Eric Bischoff being announced as the Raw GM. Yeah, I'd rather I, that, I, I would rather Bischoff. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I love Hulk Hogan. I grew up with him. You know, he's he's a legend, but uh, no. That, um, 
I, I I'm okay with. I want to see what Hulk Hogan's going to be like in a true authoritative role where we know there's not one chance in hell he's wrestling a match or taking a bump. We know his in-ring physical career is over. So now that like that ego is taken out of the picture, I'm just curious to see how the Hulkster conducts himself in this, you know, authority role. I'm interested. I'm more interested in that than seeing like Kurt Angle get the job again. You don't think um, it's going to be the same? You don't think it's going to be the same thing as when he did it on Impact? That he was still like taking bumps then. He was still wrestling then. So like the specter of Hulk Hogan, the wrestler, was still there. Yeah. All right. Whereas, so v- Vince all right. Vince knows how to pull back the reins. Vince is not right. going to let someone like Hogan run the show. He's not going to give him that not much Eric control. Bischoff. Not Vince, Eric Bischoff. Vince is the Black Widow to Hulk Hogan's Hulk. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, buddy, his son's getting real low. Oh, man. Oh, it. It's okay, brother. And just to be, just to clear something up, I enjoyed Eric Bischoff's GM run on Raw. Me too. I yeah. think he was the best GM on Raw, hands down. Yeah, I thought he, he was a really good GM, man. He gets a lot of shit, man, but he was always a good on-screen figure, in my opinion, man. You know, his entire first year in that company was amazing. Gold, man. Great he, stuff. Everything he was involved in, he was involved in a in a storyline with the McMahons, whether it was yeah. Stephanie yeah. or Vince. He was he was hooked up with Steve Austin. He was evolution. The names as soon as he got it was there. An evolution, evolution, yeah. man. It, it was one of those. It was cool to have him there too, because I know a lot of people say WrestleMania 17 is the end of the Attitude Era, but the real end of the Attitude Era was WrestleMania 20. Agreed. And Bischoff was a huge part of that. Yep. Yep. Agreed. But anyway, so I hope it's Hogan. I think there's a lot of potential to really well, one draw in some some more fans, some more people who will actually tune into wrestling just because Hulk Hogan's on. Those people still exist. And two, I just, I'm, I mean, I'm curious. Like I said, I'm interested. I'm curious. I want to see how he does. And I want to see how the, how the audience gives him, too, what kind of reception he gets. Yeah, but we all know what's going to happen. It's going to be Kurt Angle. And we're all going to be no, Kurt's not because it's good. Kurt Angle. Kurt wants to wrestle. Kurt wants to wrestle, man. He'll be the wrestling GM who only wrestles at the big five pay-per-views. Look at Shane McMahon. He's the commissioner. He only wrestles at Survivor Series and will probably have a WrestleMania match. Yeah, you're so right. I can see that happening with Kurt Angle. So anyway, so let's go back to Braun Strowman now. So Braun Strowman's going to obviously take out Baron Corbin at TLC and he's going to face Brock Lesnar at Royal Rumble. Who is going into WrestleMania as the Universal Champion, Braun Strowman or Brock Lesnar? Johnny, what do you think? I think Braun's going to win it at that event. I don't think he's going in as champion. I think he's winning it there. Incorrect. (laughs) Braun Strowman is retiring the Undertaker at WrestleMania. That's what no. Braun Strowman's doing at WrestleMania. Because Shawn Michaels ain't coming back. Shawn Michaels, he, he was done after that one match. He's Everyone's not coming back. For Vince McMahon. Braun Strowman is retiring Undertaker at WrestleMania. And, and Brock Lesnar will be the Universal Champion going into WrestleMania. Wow. Way to negate everything I was going to talk about. Everything you said was wrong. So, wait. How are they going to book Braun Strowman and Undertaker? They would have to start that right after Rumble and make it a meaningful storyline because for it's two not going to be meaningful if they do it that way. It's going to be a squash match. It has to, it has to make sense though, guys, it has to look good for Undertaker oh, to go out that God. way and it has to do something to 
No. Uh, g- give the rub to Braun Strowman. No does rub. The, it's going to be a does spot. The Wyatt, does, does the Wyatt family come back with Braun Strowman? And does he do it for the Wyatt family since Bray couldn't get the job done? Does that become a thing again? Okay. I could, as long as the Wyatt family are booked properly and that happens, I can be behind that. And uh, I just think Undertaker can come out and say he wants one more real challenge for Mania and Strowman comes out and says, bring a bitch. I'm the big dog here now. And you know what? Strowman is already over. So for someone like him, it would work. If it was Roman uh, going rewind about a year or two ago, he wasn't over. They were trying to get him over, so they put him with Undertaker. But it might work. We've been waiting. We've been waiting for the guy that Undertaker is going to pass the torch to to come for a really, really long time now. And they have a great opportunity to do it with a face Strowman, especially because they've been booking Undertaker more as a heel lately, too. So then are you saying, Dan, that Brock's going to retain the title and he's going into Mania as the Universal Champion? Absolutely. Okay. He's going He's going into that fight with Daniel Cormier or that Universal title belt. Wow. And that's happening when? In March, I believe? March. It's, it's the beginning of March. It's before Mania. So before Mania. Yeah. And then he drops uh-huh. into Mania. And then if he loses to Cormier, that could even insert Cormier into the storyline because Cormier's retiring after that match. Cormier. Cormier. You said Cormier or is it Cormier? I think it's Cormier. Oh, we have to sure look. it's Cormier. Please don't kick our ass, Mr. Cormier or Cormier. Cormier. I'm going to keep this in the, in the show, too. I'm going to make sure that I tag him in it. <laughs> How do you say your name, sir? Please don't hurt us. Thank you. <laughs> please tweet at us kick. at Fourth Wall Cast and let us know how to pronounce your name. And please kick Brock Lesnar's ass and steal the Universal title and show up on Raw with it. Oh my we, know, yep. we all know you want to be a wrestling commentator now. <laughs> yep. So, I don't know. I still think Braun's going to be in the title picture at some point. I do like where you're going, Dan, with the whole Braun Strowman retiring Undertaker. I could get behind that. But I feel like, I know we talked about Braun having some backstage uh, issues over the past few weeks. Uh, possibly one of the reasons why his match with Brock Lesnar at that global event that happened, that had that tournament in it, you know, that... It happened somewhere uh, global, <laughs> but um, you mean yeah. Saudi Arabia? <gasps> oh no, we're gonna we're gonna have to censor that out. So, but that was why Braun Strowman uh, did not win the championship at that show. So, I still think they're going to write this write his story better because he's been. I mentioned it about a week or two ago. You know, Braun Strowman has been his creative has been all over the place since WrestleMania of of last year. And they need to do something. It's crazy how the guy is still so over and he's been mismanaged for almost almost a year now. So I think he's going to still be involved in the title picture in some way, shape or form. I just can't put my finger on on what in what capacity. Maybe ask ask me again after TLC. And maybe in SummerSlam next year, he'll be back involved in that. But you were talking about the backstage heat. Who better than to write that shit for him than working with The Undertaker for a couple months? Mm, okay. That's a very good point. Yeah. yeah. Who better? I mean, if, if, if we got the rub, you know, from Undertaker as being like the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore, like yeah. Bruce Pritchard, watch out. Like who? who, who <laughs> Sam Roberts, who? Yeah. Whoa, okay. calling him out on the first episode. I'm so anyway, just guys, saying, I'm calling it now. The doc's calling it now. Damn. So 
This is our first episode, and for those of you that are just tuning in for the first time, welcome again to the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. I am JC Bones. I am Doc Haas. And I am the third man, Johnny Smarks. And we are the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. Now we want you to get to know us, give you more reason to join in every week and hang out with us as we talk wrestling. So, fellas, I have a list of questions I want to ask you guys. And let's share our stories. So first, Doc, let's start with you. What got you into wrestling? Hulkamania. No shame, dude. I was a Hulkamania kid. No no doubt about it. Loved the Hulkster. All that 80s like Hulkamania shit that they directed at little kids. I was that target market and I bought right in. And uh, I think the first like big i remember like when the mega powers and all that and when they broke up how upset i was I was like oh my god they're they're fighting and i was like four you know so i bought all into that and i think the first pay-per-view i ever got was wrestlemania i ever watched was live was wrestlemania 6 hogan warrior big part of my development as a wrestling fan definitely a hulkamania kid i got into it a little differently uh my mom and grandfather when my mom was young before they had me would always take my mom in to see uh WWF matches at the Garden, including you know Bruno San Martino. So it was always around. They always talked about it, reminisced about it. And then growing up, when we moved out of the city down here, um, my mom ended up being uh, a nurse or an EMT for um, Iron Mike Sharp, who had a school here uh, where we live. And uh, I just remember going that. And then of course Hulkamania and everything. First pay per view I remember watching is actually WrestleMania Seven during the war, and you know it was slaughter. Uh, yeah, yeah, with all that blood, I was hooked. Yeah. <laughs> all the blood. <laughs> awesome. So I actually have a little bit of a story. I kind of got into wrestling in two different ways. One, my father would also talk about how my grandfather would take him to go see these wrestling matches when he was younger. I believe it was WWF back then as well, uh, seeing stars like Superstar Billy Graham, Haystacks Calhoun, Anthony Naraka, all these legends. And... <clears throat> I wasn't watching it, but I heard about it a lot from my father. Here's a quick story about me. When I was in kindergarten, every afternoon, we had nap time. Nap time was on this little square rug in the corner of the room. And I used to get bullied, guys, by these two guys named JP and Ronnie. JP and Ronnie, what's up, guys, if you're listening? Holla back. Uh, And they used to do all these wrestling finishing moves to me. And this square rug was... (laughs) The wrestling ring. I mean, how old are you in kindergarten? Five, six? Yeah. I think. So these guys are doing all these wrestling finishing moves to me. And I'm like, hey, Dad, you know that wrestling thing you talked about? I need to see what this is all about. So that's when I started watching it. It was, again, this was in the late 80s. So Hulkamania was running wild. Savage. This is before WCW was even a thing. So there was no Nitro. There was no Monday Night Raw yet. We didn't have any of those things. Yeah, yeah. You know, we were there right when Raw started, but same thing. It was just, it was honestly guys like The Rock, Don Morocco, Jake the Snake nice. Roberts, The Ultimate mm. Warrior. Those are the ones that really first got me into it. Seeing, the, I mean, Hulkamania was, he was just larger than life. Randy Savage, larger than life. Right. Amazing. Yeah. Undertaker Those was. Those guys were superheroes. They were exactly. superheroes to me, man. Exactly. Yeah. Undertaker had just made his debut, and it was. It, it was very colorful back then. So, again, I was a kid, five, six years old. It was such a colorful 
show that I was watching, I, I got hooked, and I've been watching it ever since. Who is your favorite wrestler of all time, male, female, and tag team? And you can have more oh. than one. All right, so male, you just touched upon The Undertaker. I didn't get into The Undertaker until, like, Hogan was gone because I had to, you know, Hogan had to leave before I was over Hogan. You had to so break it bad. off with Hulk before you started yeah. dating Undertaker. Right, I was, you? right. And then when I started dating Undertaker, I've never gotten, it's been about, it was like, like probably like when he was feuding with Yokozuna, so it was like 93, mm-hmm. the Royal Rumble 93 was the casket match. So from like 93, and what year are we in now? 2018. So for 25 years, I've been dating The Undertaker. Um <laughs> <laughs> um, he's having, he's very close to being supplanted by Becky Lynch. Um, I'm going to sound like a true Mark right now, but I do think, but Becky Lynch is my favorite female wrestler ever. I, I was thinking about this the other day, actually, like, I don't think there's ever been a female wrestler I've liked as a total package more than Becky Lynch and tag team, man. Love me some, uh, um, Row Warriors, man. Love me some Row Warriors. Uh, I thought those guys were the coolest. Some. Now, I did watch a little WCW when I was a kid. I do remember seeing Ric Flair also and Sting growing up. I watched, definitely watched WWF more. But I did remember always being excited when the Road Warriors came out in those, uh, in those late 80s uh, WCW Saturday night shows. Hell yeah, man. That's vintage. Vintage right there. Yeah. So, Johnny, what about you? Who's your favorite all-time wrestlers, male, female, and tag team? I think we're on the same page. And I hate to say this, but I, I grew up with The Undertaker. You know, I, I was really young for Hulkamania, and I got it. I loved it. And, you know, I went back, and I now appreciate all that. But I grew up with The Undertaker, and I'm the guy on the side, Doc. <laughs> but um, since I don't want to p- take your pick – Close second is absolutely uh, The Rock. Okay. How could you go wrong with him? Yeah, he was uh, awesome. He's the people's yep. champ. I, he is the I tell my champ. students, my students, a lot of my students don't know The Rock was a wrestler, and I have to tell them just how amazing of a wrestler yep. he was. <laughs> yep. Isn't it crazy how Dwayne Johnson and The Rock look so much alike? Oh, my God. I never thought of that. <laughs> Holy crap. You're right. Oh, man. I'm going to skip the tag teams and I cannot say anyone other than the road warriors. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're doomsday device. That's all I need to say. Greatest tag team finisher ever. I agree. I agree. The doomsday device is awesome. Although the super collider is very close second. Um, and as far as female, it is a really good finisher. And as far as female wrestler, Oh, man. I mean, I love Becky. I really, really love Becky, but it's all about Charlotte. It's all about Charlotte oh, Flair, Oh, man. wow. All wow. time. Now, you're, you're even thinking back to, like, the divas. Yeah. Why would I ever put a diva over Charlotte or Becky or Ronda? Maybe Beth is the only one of that era. Or maybe Trish. You, but Trish can't, Trish can't work. Trish and Beth can't even work the rain like Becky and Charlotte and Ronda can. I agree. Well, if I picked a favorite female wrestler of all time, I would actually honestly say China. Ruby Riot. No, Ruby Riot. no, I would say China. I'm not going to be a mark about that. China, really? Fan That's of China. A good, yeah, China was a shit, dude. What when she started actually wrestling and became the IC champ was in the Rumble. I fucking loved China. She was a big part of DX, man. 
Yeah, I know. Huge. Oh, listen, I'm not. I'm not discounting her at all. I just didn't think that's where you were gonna go. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, China. I was a huge fan of China. Uh, like I said, more so when she started wrestling. But she again, she didn't get my mindset into women's wrestling until the women of today, which we'll get into that in a little bit. We'll talk about our current favorite wrestlers. So anyway, my favorite male wrestlers, I have two. And I have to start with the Rock Don Morocco because he was my all-time favorite when I first started watching this. Like, right. honestly, over guys like Hulk Hogan, Mr. Wonderful, Ken Patera, it was the Rock Don Morocco because he was Italian and he was fucking jacked. I was yeah. like, yes, I love his look. Yeah. Like, that's the guy. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, he was the original Rock <laughs> before the Rock was the Rock. Yeah. And also my second, and people to this day give me heat about it, Chris Benoit. What, why would people Crippler, give you heat about that? Chris Benoit. Uh, was, because of the unfortunate wrestler. events that ended him, his, his life and his family's life, you can't take away from the dude's legacy. His in-ring legacy is, yeah, he was one of these an all-time I great. followed his career. The rabid Wolverine. Yep. Ever since I saw him in WCW and heard about him, I, I was hooked. This is back yeah. before he was even a four horseman. Then I saw him through as a four mm-hmm. horseman. He was in this group called The Revolution with yeah. Eddie Guerrero, yeah. Shane Douglas, and yeah. I'm sorry, Dean Malenko, Shane Douglas, and Perry Saturn. And then was in The Radicals with Dean Malenko, Perry Saturn, and Eddie Guerrero. That's when it came to WWF. And then he just went on to have this amazing career. Uh, he was WrestleMania 20, man. Yeah, WrestleMania 20, hands down. Greatest triple threat match ever. Man, I forgot time. about that match. That is yep. that that's is what WWE and that's what WWE wants you to do is yep. forget about forget that about match. It. It's un- that's the unfortunate thing. Um, I still have hope that one day Chris Benoit will be inducted into the Hall of Fame because you know what he has a Hall of Fame legacy and that'll never happen to be in the Hall of Fame. That'll never yeah. happen. Now for my tag teams, it gets a little weird, but I do want to say that we all unanim- unanimously agree on the Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors. But I would say more the Legion of Doom era. I didn't really oh. know too much as the Road Warriors, but I really liked the red and black. Oh, what a rush. Did you, did you ever watch any of their uh, AWA matches? Oh, they're so good. They're I so good. Have, no. Dude, go up, go back in the, in the network and go in the AWA back catalog and watch, watch the Road Warrior matches. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, really, they were awesome up LOD. there. I was all about LOD. Now, my other two favorite tag teams of all time, Brothers of Destruction. I thought I mean, we were only allowed to have one here because if we have more than no, one, I have more than one. No, I, I, said, you know, I said you don't have to have only one. Oh, uh-huh. Money, Inc. Money, Inc. Oh, get Dude, the fuck out Ted, of here. Ted DiBiase and IRS. Yes. I'm going to play by the rules and I'm going to keep mine at one. I don't have one. Uh, greatest wrestlers of all time, Ric Flair. Yeah, Ric Flair is my like number two after Taker. If we're gonna ask for a true number two, but yeah, okay, yeah. If you want to yeah. give two, three, four, go right ahead. If but, I if I added another, yeah, if, the, if I had, if I had to add anybody to my list that I didn't mention, it's Ric Flair, just because Ric Flair is the fucking greatest. He's the goat. You want to know who my third favorite tag team of all time is? Third, and it's not even a tag team. It's just two dudes that teamed up and. <laughs> Became cool. a tag team and happened to have a, a very short title reign. Kane and RVD. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> that was the fucking oh, best random pairing of two superstars, in my opinion, in all of history. I wish if I was to ever pick a 
random uh, tag team that was put together that I, I said, I wish they could have a longer run, it would have been Kane and RVD, hands down. I mean, I was always a fan of any of Kane's team-ups. I loved him teaming up with, like, X-Pac and all these random people. But yeah. him and RVD were the fucking best. So now, let's Man. start over the process. Let's talk about current wrestlers. So, Doc, who's your favorite male current wrestlers? And it does not have to only be one. The Undertaker. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love Daniel Bryan. I've always, I'm a big fan of Daniel Bryan. I'm a big fan of The Miz. And you can really, I love me some AJ Styles. I know my favorite wrestler right now, now my favorite wrestler right now is Becky Lynch. She's, I think she's the best wrestler in WWE. She's my favorite wrestler. She might be the best wrestler in the world right now with, the, with her, what her character's Ooh. done and how she's gotten, Ooh. how she's gotten women's wrestling over. Like that's a huge thing that she's doing, man. She's doing something culturally significant right now. So I love her. And then tag teams, AOP baby. Come on now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with, uh, a weird one here and he is a great wrestler, but I'm doing this more for his business decisions and his courage to get out there. And that's the American nightmare, Cody Rhodes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You didn't say WWE wrestler. Right, so I did not. that was yeah. a nice marquee answer right there. That was a nice yeah. swerve. Yeah. I, uh, answer. I mean that guy, he took a chance and it's, it's worked out for him and, you know, there's some big things down the pike that I think we're going to save for next episode, but uh, on him at least. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm going to have to go with him. He's one of my favorite wrestlers. Daniel Bryan, of course, is, you know, for underdogs. He's he's great. Tag teams. Oh, I mean, AOP is their full package, in my opinion. And I think they're going to do great things. Women's wrestlers. I mean, the man, she's awesome, but not as good as my girl Naya, who's also doing great things for women's wrestling. I I can't d- disagree with that, Johnny. My favorites, my favorite male wrestlers are Shinsuke Nakamura, AJ Styles, and Finn Balor. Favorite female I love wrestlers. Prince. You guys are never right. gonna believe this. My Ruby Riot, right. Ruby Riot. And the oh, man, no way. Becky Lynch. No way. Ruby Ryan. Ruby Ryan. Oh, wow. Wow. Never, never you never, never knew that, right? No, no. I had no idea that's who your favorite wrestler was. That was a swerve if I've ever heard one. <laughs> and my favorite tag teams right now, this is actually really hard to think of, but um, I would say right now it's, it's three. It's a three-way tie between the club, the Usos, and the War Raiders. Yeah, let me back up real quick. My favorite male wrestler right now is the Velveteen Dream. I definitely had a fucking brain fart on NXT when I was thinking there. Velveteen Dream and Tommaso Ciampa are my two fucking favorite male wrestlers right now. With yeah, now yeah, that's it. Them two. Fucking come at me. <laughs> I can't change my answers right now, but I, I love me some Velveteen. You're sticking true to your answers. Yeah, I think I have to. All right, guys. So, what is your favorite match? Or event, if you can't think of a match, what's like your favorite overall event, like year? If you remember where it was, everything. Johnny, let's go to you first. I don't, I don't have a specific year, but it's every year of the Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble is my favorite event every year. I love it. I love everything about the Royal Rumble match. I just Pat Patterson's a genius. That's it. 
That's all I got. I'm I'm more if you're gonna pick like a match I look forward to more than anything. It's probably Money in the Bank, the ladder match. I'm not saying stipulation like ladder just what my favorite match all time. Fuck man, holy shit! Um, a couple will come to my head: Sting Flair from the first Clash of the Champions that went up against WrestleMania Four. Yeah, the 45 minute time limit draw. I believe that was the first Clash of the Champions. Uh, um, another match I really love, and no one ever talks about this match except like Dave Meltzer, who gave it a five star review. Everybody always talks about their WrestleMania ten match, but the steel cage match between Bret Hart and Owen Hart. At SummerSlam '94, it was the first match on the maybe, card, right? It was no, it wasn't no, no. WrestleMania 10 was the first match on the oh, card. Oh, gotcha. Yep, they okay. had SummerSlam '94. This was the main event. If it, it was either that, that that was the Undertaker versus Undertaker SummerSlam, and said, okay. um, that was it's probably the best steel cage match I've ever watched in my life. And my and another all the Austin McMahon stuff, like especially the beer truck incident. Got the beer truck incident. Belly laughs for for minute minutes straight belly laughs <laughs> and the first stunner at the garden like this the first stunner on mcmahon at the garden that that those events are my favorite wrestling memories and i think this is why we all work well together because everything you mentioned is like everything i like i will add mankind undertaker uh hell in the cell to this oh, list right I, I was thinking that in my head just now yeah definitely take her take her mankind when mankind flew off the cell that's a Huge moment in the history of uh, WWE. Yeah, I definitely agree with every match you both said, but my two all-time favorite matches are Brock Lesnar and Eddie Guerrero for the championship. Yeah. And the triple threat match, HBK, Triple H, and Chris Benoit. Both both matches a month apart. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good match. Both matches a month apart. Man, I forgot about that. Uh, That's pretty epic. If you want to talk... I'll give you a, 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 some more recent matches. Um, I think it was the SummerSlam style Cena match. I think is one of is an all time great match. Is, it this, is that this, is that the really good one or is it the Rumble that I'm thinking of? I keep getting I get them confused. They were both great. Yeah, they, they they were had, both great. They had all, all their times together were really good. You know, I, I yeah. got to see Styles and Roman Reigns at Elimination Chamber. I think it was oh, back man. in 2016, a couple years ago. Yeah, 2016. Yeah, That match also. I mean, luckily, I was there live with some great seats. That was a fucking phenomenal match. No pun intended. Absolutely. 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 And also, um, every- a, a few months ago, Aleister Black and Tommaso Ciampa was fucking oh, great. Great match. Yeah. Absolutely. And also, I mean, we just got wowed by Velveteen and Tommaso Ciampa this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Um. Another, and then other great throwback matches for me, um, both HBK. on Actually, every time HBK and Undertaker had a singles match, it was awesome. So what this says, guys, is there's definitely no lack of good matches happening anytime soon, and we're going to keep seeing great matches all the time to add to our list. Yep. So here's the next question. What is your favorite stipulation or gimmick match? Oh, man. Hell in a Cell or War Games matches, love them. Okay. Royal Rumble. Rumble. Yeah, Royal Rumble. I like. I'm big on uh, Money in the Bank and Elimination Chamber. Yeah. Also, I consider Elimination Chamber right in like the War Games category, and, sure. and uh, yeah, and I love ladder matches in general. Yeah, yeah me too. I, I like awesome. m- multi-man ladder matches. 
Those are so much fun. I really hope we see one of those at, at Mania next year. Or at least take over. So I think a couple of, I think you guys already answered this earlier, but what is your favorite pay-per-view? Royal Rumble. What about and you? WrestleMania. WrestleMania, man. Favorite pay-per-view that is not WrestleMania because everyone's going to fucking say WrestleMania. Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble 94. Royal Rumble in general, yes. I'm Royal with you. Rumble I'm with you guys in general, too, but Also yeah. old school Survivor Series. Old school Survivor Series. Like the cool, late man. 80s, early 90s Survivor yep. Series. Like that's when, that's when a Survivor Series was a Survivor Series. Meant so, something. Next question. What's your favorite stable or faction? I oh, have man. a couple fucking different answers NW, for this. Uh, uh, the NWO and the Four Horsemen, dude. Like, fucking A. Like, I said, <laughs> I, I, was, I, was a little, I was too young to watch the Horsemen live, but they're my favorite like rewatch videos. All all those Ric Flair promos are just the best fucking thing ever. So I love all that. And the NWO, dude, the NWO was the shit. They, they changed the fucking game, dude. They were fucking shit. I always liked, liked them more than DX. I always liked them more than the nation. And NWO, and, and I got to throw Evolution in there too. Love me some Evolution. Favorite factions. Uh, you're all going to think I'm weird, but uh, the Nexus. Yeah, Nexus was cool, man. It was cool. Nexus. There's so many. Like, how do I pick a few that I like? Just say the fucking NWO like a grown-ass man and move on. <laughs> I did not watch WCW growing up. so You were wrong. You were fucking yeah. wrong. I watched it more as an adult. Dude, um, the Monday Night Warriors were fucking awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I appreciate them now. Man. They changed the fucking game, man. They changed the fucking NWO. Changed the fucking game in pro wrestling. And the DX for DX happened as a result of the NWO, and then Vince, and then Vince had a better business plan. DX and Stone Cold Steve Austin happened because, because of, of the NWO. NWO. Yeah, no doubt. Well, my favorite factions are obviously NWO. I'd be stupid to not say NWO. But now here's three more that you guys did not say: the Hart Radicals. Foundation. Before Bret Hart went to WCW, and it was Bret Hart, Owen Hart, British Bulldog, mm-hmm. uh, Jimmy Anvil, Hart, and Brian Pillman. Team Canada. Team Canada. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Radicals, Chris Benoit, oh, Eddie Guerrero, yeah. Perry Saturn, Dean Malenko, and the Heenan family. Oh, yeah. I know it wasn't a legit faction, so don't at me, but I know it wasn't a legit faction, but... He had he managed a number of different wrestlers that would team up at times, and they would always be seen with him. So that was what eyes. a faction was at the time. At the time, yeah, that was a faction yeah. before before factions became cool. That was WWF's broke ass way of trying to come at the Four Horsemen. Yeah, <laughs> right, we're gonna take all of the biggest superstars and put them all in this in the same group. Only heels, only heels, <laughs> heels only, please. All right, guys, so last two questions. What's your favorite title or championship? Um, my favorite title ever is the big gold belt. Next question. Uh, Zack Ryder's internet championship. <laughs> I also love the big gold belt. That was one that Chris Benoit won. Right. When he uh, defeated Triple H and HBK. But also the million-dollar championship. You guys can't yeah. forget about that fucking title. Yeah. That fucking title ruled, man. I got title because I'm rich, motherfucker. 
Remember when they tried to give that shit to Stone Cold? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. The ringmaster. The ringmaster. Thank God that that gimmick oh. ended. Thank God Stone Cold just sacked up and told Vince what he was doing. <laughs> All right, guys. Last question: Have you met any superstars ever? And if yes, who were they? Matt fucking Stryker. Matt Stryker, <laughs> Survivor Series. I've actually met a lot, uh, you know, from that wrestling school being in town. I remember Shane Douglas being there uh, quite vividly. Uh, my greatest time meeting wrestlers, though, was actually on Thanksgiving. Uh, my grandfather worked for Macy's as an architect. And one year, uh, there was a whole bunch of wrestling, uh, came and talk, a whole bunch of wrestlers on a float with me including The Undertaker and Paul Bear, Lex Luger, Razor Ramon. Nice. Uh, it was it was Lex Express, Lex Luger, by the way, uh, which was awesome. And afterwards, uh, they have a Thanksgiving dinner party for everyone that was in the parade. And uh, I got to meet all these guys, and it was awesome. And a real quick, vivid story about this. Um, my dad is talking to Paul Bear, but not in, he's not in character. He's, um, you know, his regular old self. And, uh, my little sister walks up to my dad and goes, that's not Paul bear. And Paul bear. I remember just snaps into character and goes, Oh yes, it is. And my sister ran out of the room <laughs> crying because she was terrified of Paul bear and the undertaker at that time. And it was, that was the coolest thing. Um, as far as more modern wrestlers, one of the coolest guys I met was actually Jack Hager, Jack Swagger, whatever you want to call him. I met him at an independent show around here uh, a couple summers ago, and he's pretty down to earth guy. Uh, and you know, I wish him the best. So, my coolest story, and I've never shared this with you guys, so I wanted to wait to share this on the uh, podcast. Um, Smart might know this story. So back when I was in high school, I wrestled and we had a very prominent uh, wrestler go to the University of Minnesota and he brought the team back to wrestle a match at our high school, Lakewood High School. So they were practicing in our wrestling room. So we're in the practice, we're watching them practice. We got the roll around them. There was this big, ginormous, freaking heavyweight. He was throwing us all around and kicking, you know, kicking our ass and everything, whatever. We all got our asses kicked. So a couple years down the road, Brock Lesnar debuts in the WWE. And I look, it's like, it's like, that's that big motherfucker who was at, at Minnesota. And it oh, was shit. him. Yeah. yeah. So that's awesome. That story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, John, yeah. let's not forget earlier this year, we did go to an NXT show. Yes. In Tom's river, New Jersey. And we got to meet Nikki cross and Tanara Conti. Yes. Was Lacey Evans there also? I can't remember. Do we meet Lacey her? was there. Kyrie was there. We didn't meet them, uh, but we saw them. Nikki, from, they, they like walked mm-hmm. walk by us. Yeah. Nikki and Tanara were sitting by us, uh, you know, at, obviously out of character, just going over some stuff. And uh, Nikki is so nice. She's Wait, out of character. Like they broke the fourth wall. They broke the fourth I fucking wall. I love when that happens on our show, guys. Nice. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> And they they were awesome. I it was basically not not to play one down, but uh, Nikki was, I think, commenting on her down. You know, she was nervous. She was very green at that point. It might have been, 
it might have been one of her first house shows, and I think that's what Nikki said. And correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I believe so. I, I think it was her first house show, and she was super nervous. And Nikki's sitting there calming her down, and they put on a hell of a match. They hell did. of a match. They did. Yeah. Yeah. We got to um, the front row for that. Yeah, I used, you're welcome. I used to work at a baseball stadium in our hometown of Lakewood, New Jersey, and Jerry DeCane Lawler was there one night on a wrestling night there, and I gave him a free bag of peanuts and shook his hand. Uh, uh, over the years I've gotten to meet wrestlers like Bam Bam Bigelow Sonny the uh, original diva Bruno San Martino George Animal Steel Um, turns out that I've met Brett the Hitman Hart at one point because I have his autograph but I was too young to understand what I was who I was meeting at the time so I kind of wish I was a mark back then so I could remember it but I did meet him to get his autograph um and I believe I met the Hardys at one point too. They That's did an awesome. autograph signing. I haven't done a lot of autograph signs. I'm not a big autograph person. I mean, either. Me yeah. either. But the only three that I want to go to are for Ruby Riot, Becky Lynch, and Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah, Becky's coming around here soon. Yeah, in December 7th, I believe she's going to be here at iPlay yeah. America. Yeah, go see Becky. She's awesome. She's the man. All right, there, Fourth Wall fam. Well, now you know. All of us here at the Fourth Wall WrestleCast, just a little bit better. And if you've enjoyed your experience at the Fourth Wall WrestleCast, be sure to tune in every Saturday on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Please follow us on Twitter at Fourth Wallcast, at Johnny Smarks a lot, at Doc Haas Fourth Wall, and follow us on Instagram at Fourth Wall WrestleCast. And again, if you've enjoyed the fourth wall experience, be sure to tell your friends to like, share, and subscribe and help this thing grow and grow into the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. Once again, we are the fourth wall WrestleCast. Goodbye and good night. We'll see you, Becky. Do a blooper reel. Oh, it's, it's actually it's actually working, fellas. Eight, six, seven, five. What? Keep what? Uh, keep talking. I need the two of you to talk. I need to get your levels. Jenny, I got your number. I'm gonna make you mine. Jenny, I got your number. Eight.
Convince one of my bands to play that song. I, yeah, maybe my rock band in school too. Shit, that's not a bad idea. It's not a hard <laughs> song. It's just. Pop quiz, pop quiz. What cartoon rock song is based off that song? 